Welcome to the Raise with Jesus podcast, 10 minutes every day where the life of Jesus meets yours. You've got your daily Bible reading today from Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14. At that time, Herod the Tetrarch heard the news about Jesus. He said to his servants, This is John the Baptist. He has risen from the dead. That is why these powers are working in him. For Herod had arrested John, bound him, and put him in prison because of Herodias, the wife of his brother Philip. John had been telling him, It is not lawful for you to have her. Although Herod wanted to put him to death, he feared the crowd, because they regarded him as a prophet. But when it was Herod's birthday, the daughter of Herodias danced among them. This pleased Herod, so he promised with an oath to give her whatever she might ask. Prompted by her mother, she said, Give me here on a platter the head of John the Baptist. Although this saddened the king, because of his oath and his dinner guests, he ordered that it be done. He sent the order and had John beheaded in prison. His head was brought in on a platter and given to the girl, and she brought it to her mother. John's disciples came, took the body, and buried it. Then they went and reported this to Jesus. When Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there in a boat to a deserted place to be alone. When the crowds heard this, they followed him on foot from the towns. When Jesus got out of the boat, he saw a large crowd. He had compassion on them and healed their sick. When evening came, his disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place and the hour is already late. Send the crowds away, so that they can go to the villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said to them, They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. They told him, We have here only five loaves and two fish. Bring them to me, he replied. Then he instructed the people to sit down on the grass. He took the five loaves and the two fish. After looking up to heaven, he blessed them. He broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples. The disciples gave the food to the people. They all ate and were filled. They picked up twelve basketfuls of what was left over from the broken pieces. Those who ate were about five thousand men, not even counting women and children. Immediately, Jesus urged the disciples to get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side, while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed the crowd, he went up onto the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. By then the boat was quite a distance from shore, being pounded by the waves because the wind was against it. In the fourth watch of the night, Jesus came toward them walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and cried out in fear. It's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once, saying, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. Jesus said, Come. Peter stepped down from the boat, walked on the water, and went toward Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind, he was afraid. As he began to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately Jesus stretched out his hand, took hold of him, and said to him, You have little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind stopped. Those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. When they had crossed over, they came to the shore at Gennesaret. When the men of that place recognized him, they sent word into all the surrounding region. They brought to him all who were sick, and begged that they might just touch the fringe of his garment. All who touched it were completely cured. This is the word of our God. The next major section of the Gospel of Matthew began at the end of chapter 13, where we had heard Jesus telling parables to those who had opposed him 
while using those same parables to reveal his truth to those who believed him and who followed him. And then he left that place. And the next major section began there with the people of Nazareth scoffing at him. Isn't this the carpenter's son? Aren't his brother James and Josie's and, uh, and, and Judas and, and all those names? His own family rejected him. And yet this next major section, going all the way into chapter 15, um, so it's basically chapter the end of chapter 13 through most of chapter 18, sorry, is that the, the Messiah directs his actions and his deeds and his words toward the people of God, his church. The Messiah separates his disciples from the old Israel, which is rejecting him, while he also establishes fellowship and deepens that relationship with his own. And then he shapes their relationship to one another within the fellowship of the church. And so Jesus has already been rejected in his own country. And in the court of King Herod, he's become an object of superstitious fear. And this Herod senses that the powers which he attempted to destroy by executing John, that these powers now threaten him anew in Jesus, that these powers are active in Jesus, where Herod himself says, well, it must be John the Baptist um, who I had executed. He has risen from the dead. That is why these powers are working in him. There's that superstition from, from Herod, and what's happening in the village in the you know Jesus's own hometown? Who is this? Don't we know this guy? He surely can't be the Messiah. And it's also happening in the the palace of the ruler of the area. Who is this? Surely, surely it can't be the Messiah. Surely it must be some sort of superstitious John the Baptist risen from the dead. It also is exactly what's happening in every other social strata of Israel, that the men of Israel, the people of Israel, are rejecting their Messiah. Jesus withdraws for a time. He withdraws to a quiet place by himself, but even now he demonstrates his compassion toward the people. He heals the sick, and they have followed him. They have followed him, and as he's healing the sick, his heart goes out to them because they are like sheep without a shepherd, and they are in that remote place after listening to him and following him all day, and they don't have any food. And so Matthew, as well as the other three gospel writers, records the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000, and Matthew also records the feeding of the 4,000. And this section, uh, which began with the rejection of Jesus at Nazareth, which is followed by the rejection of Jesus at the palace by King Herod, This section is going to culminate in chapter 18. And there in chapter 18, Jesus is going to talk about his attitude toward the lost sheep of Israel, as well as how to maintain the fellowship of the church by reaching out to those who have sinned against us. Um, That Matthew 18 often referred to for talking about church discipline. It was also repeated earlier a little bit more individually to the Apostle Peter and, and to the others in Matthew chapter 16. And so, What Jesus is doing here, as he is rejected by the people, as he is rejected by those who should know better, he's also establishing his fellowship and cementing this fellowship with those who do believe him and with those who do follow him. And so here in chapter 14, they've got this common meal together. And this was a probably more significant event for them than for us. Um, You know, maybe, you know, it's more than a church potluck, (laughs) kind of similar to to inviting friends over for Thanksgiving. You don't invite everybody, um, but you are inviting those with whom you share a special sort of fellowship. And this meal together 
to the Pharisees is going to be pointed to and alluded to as violating their sense of law and strictness. This is the one who who eats with sinners and tax collectors. And so they're all gathered together. The people are sitting down and and the disciples are saying, well, we've got all this food. What should we do? Or we don't have enough food. We've got all these people. Rather, what should we do? Maybe we should send them away. And Jesus says, well, you give them something to eat. And they say, basically, I've got, we've got one boy's lunchable. How are we going to feed this many people with one boy's lunch? And Jesus again proves the truth that where Christ is, there's no crisis. They bring that boy's lunch to Jesus, and he multiplies it for the thousands. And at the end, the twelve disciples, each one sent out with a basket, and each one standing there with a basket full of leftovers. But as the Gospel writer John and and even the others, uh, Luke and Mark, point out and highlight, um, the people, the people now want to make Jesus their king. And Jesus doesn't want his disciples getting caught up in that, so he sends them away, go across the lake. He hustles them out into the boat while he then goes to dismiss the crowd. And as the disciples are out on the lake and the crowd has been dismissed, Jesus goes up on the mountainside to pray all night. And then when he walks out to see the disciples, when he walks out to join them on the lake, they are terrified. And Jesus says, take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. How true. How true it is, right? Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. Whatever it may be in your life, whatever is causing you fear, worry, distress, anxiety, where Christ is, there is no crisis. Don't worry, take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. That because Jesus Jesus has established fellowship with you, not in a a lunchtime meal, but in his meal of Holy Communion. And where Christ is, there is no crisis. That even when it looks or feels like you've made a mess of things and that things couldn't get any better, when you have Jesus, you have it all. Where Christ is, there is no crisis. He is with you, and he has promised to, to reach out to you with his word, even as, like listening today, and he says, take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. And so as you go about your day, just take a moment to consider this Jesus who has been rejected by those who should know better, who has been rejected by the leadership, who has been rejected by the, his own family and by the political leaders of Israel. And yet he says to you, dear friend, take heart, it is I. Don't be afraid. Thanks so much for joining us here at the Race with Jesus podcast. God bless your day.